disaster Don't you give up, don't you let away Talking about a forever Don't you give up, don't you dare give up Well, don't you give up, friends. Don't you dare give in. Happy spring. Happy Monday night at PRN.FM. This is Jack Tuckner and Deborah Orell and the Women's Rights in the Workplace show on the Progressive Radio Network. Good evening, all. Good evening, Deb. How are you? I'm fantastic. Excited today because we are going to, and I know why you're excited. I know why you're excited because <laughs> we um, have a show today that is right up our alley and probably right up anyone's alley who is listening or who regularly listens to this show. We have a guest who is a client or a former, actually a current still, still ongoing in some ways, client of ours in a sexual harassment case. And today we wanted to talk about that trial. It was a trial in Brooklyn State Supreme Court, sexual harassment. It was a hostile work environment. It sort of combines the topics that we're going to talk about. It with covers pretty Davis. much every possible discrimination, actually. <laughs> That's true. It does cover a lot of ground because Aleka Albert was um, an undocumented young worker. She was an adolescent. She is a person of color, not that that was really an issue here. Um, she was sexually harassed both in terms of what's known as quid pro quo sexual harassment. Um, her ongoing employment was conditioned on her sexual energy activity, playing with, so to speak, her supervisor. And it was also what, what's known as a hostile work environment, a severe and pervasively hostile work environment based on gender, but also on her alienage because she was threatened with mm -hmm. deportation. She was also de de uh, denied minimum wage. Right. They were laid. They paid $6 an hour. How's that? Retaliated against. Exactly. So her mother, she and her mom worked at a subway. For all of you who uh, enjoy uh, the occasion, all those footlongs, delish. A little chicken teriyaki. Next time you're in a subway, you may want to also, you may want to just consider that subway, and we'll talk about this during the show, but here, I believe it's the actually the largest fast food, um, you know, restaurant empire in the universe. They have 43,000, 43,035 restaurants in 108 countries. And yet here, in this particular trial against Subway, two Subway franchises in the large city of Brooklyn, New York City. Um, it had nothing to do with Subway. Subway, the corporate, Subway, the, na the transnational company, is, was, not, um, was not actually sued. They were, we are not allowed. The law does not support suing the uh, overlord employer when they are franchisees that actually own the establishment. Yet, Subway, and you know, they're all, they all look the same. Subway reaps in the profit. They reap in the, the money, yet they, they sort of um, leverage all the externalities and all the costs, in this case, pretty much to no one, because no one can pay anyone on this case. Aleka won. She won $75,000 at this hard-fought trial, and she won't be receiving 10 cents, nor will her attorneys, uh, because of the company uh, and the people who own this company are kind of up a creek because they're such miserable, you know, rotten folks to begin with that they own 
They own eight Papa John's beside these subways in New York, and they happen to owe $800,000 now in a judgment to the people of the state of New York because the attorney general sued them because they don't pay wages, they don't pay minimum wage, they don't pay overtime. It's such a long laundry list of how they rip off their already struggling low-wage workers, earning not a living wage even if they were earning minimum wage, which they're not in their establishment. So we will be joined with Aleka Albert shortly, um, and she's going to tell you um, about you know, her experiences. But I wanted to just talk a little bit about, um, you know, in fact, I wanted to uh, introduce Aleka with just kind of uh, looking and reading from um, a, a, a blog post right after the trial, and just sort of give everyone a flavor of what uh, this case was. On February 9th, 2015, um, a jury, this was an eight-person jury in New York City, came back after listening for two weeks, mind you, two weeks. And this is not like, you know, Boston Legal or the shows or the John Grisham novels we all, you know, or for instance, in watching a television show in 50 minutes, you know, you resolve all kinds of issues and, and, and you go through the arcs of, you know, the tension and the subplots. Now, this took two weeks in blizzards in New York for a fairly simple case because that's just how these things go. Lots and of delays. And it took four years to get to trial. Exactly. Unlike exactly. my cousin Vinny, who right. went to trial on Monday. Exactly. <laughs> right. Well, that's Joe Pesci's got more juice than I do. Um, yes, that's exactly right. Uh, besides, this criminal cases sometimes go faster, but no, it took years. Um, in fact, I think now Aleka was 17 when she worked at the subway, and I believe she's 22 today. If anybody has a question for um, Aleka, uh, or for us, Deborah and I, about uh, your own situation or any questions in general about workplace hostility, sexual harassment, whether it's quid pro quo or so-called hostile work environment. I think we mentioned last week, and we'll continue to talk about this, that people are constantly saying, in fact, I saw a survey this morning when I was preparing for this, the people, I, I think 33 or so percent of folks asked say their workplace is hostile. It's a hostile mm -hmm. work environment. Mm -hmm. except that for it to be an actionable, legally meaningful, hostile work environment, there has to be a lot of, um, you know, you have to satisfy a number of sort of uh, prerequisites for that to happen. If it's just hostile because your boss is a jerk or, or they're mean and nasty and they don't like you, get another job, you know, quit, or try to work it out. But it's not something you're going to have a lawsuit for. But Aleka Albert had a classically hostile work environment in that she was fired from her minimum wage job when she was 17 years old after after complaining of sexual harassment and abuse at the hands of her supervisor at the Subway restaurant. Um, on her first day of training, her supervisor, a man by, by the name of uh, Isa Khalid, who was known to her as Junior, commented on her breasts on her first day of training commented on her breasts, and she'll tell you specifically, but said something like, you know, you have beautiful breasts, or I like them and admired them. She had been there all of about 15 minutes, and he was supposed to train her. Um, and it only went downhill from there. He continued her and sexualizing her for several weeks. That she lasted. She lasted only several weeks. She earned $212 total at her tenure at this Subway restaurant. Uh, she was a sandwich artist, so-called. That's what they call them, by the way, sandwich yes, artists. Okay, 
And she had worked the three years since, you know, she, she, her mom, Aleka and her mom are from Trinidad. They were both living in Brooklyn. Um, her mom, they were separated for, I believe, a couple of years. Her mom was finally able to send money and send for her. They are and were, they were and are extremely close. And um, they were living together. And because Aleka was a large statured person, when she was even 14, she sort of passed as a you know indeterminate aged teenager, and she was able to help out. And her mom, so mom was working in subways again, minimum wage jobs, seven and a quarter, I think maybe eight dollars an hour. When she was a manager, she got her her mother got her food handling certificate and was promoted to a, you know a whopping eight dollars an hour to try to pay rent uh, in Brooklyn. You know these days, good luck with that. But she did that, and Aleka helped out, unpaid, but really learned the business for a couple few years, and then applied when she was 17, knowing everything about. She'd worked in a couple of few subways in in and about Brooklyn and Queens. Applied for through Craigslist an ad for this these two subway restaurants in Brooklyn owned by a couple, Emmanuel and Uchenna Onowagalucci. Um, and, of course, um, was offered the job. In fact, came to the interview for the job in her subway outfit that she was very proud she had and, you know, was sort of pr- a proud company man, if you will, and hit the ground running. Of course, again, it lasted all of three weeks um, because she, let's see how I, I'm just going to try to just go in. in uh, she was ultimately fired in retaliation for filing a sexual harassment complaint with the New York State Division of human rights, and her mother, also as I mentioned, the subway employee at this particular subway, was fired soon thereafter. Um, they they indicated the owners in the defense at trial that she was sent home for wearing and ultimately fired for wearing inappropriate pants, and that she never returned to work. That she wasn't even fired. She was sent home. They said because she was wearing the wrong pants, and she just never returned to work. Um, the jury found defendants liable first for violating New York's labor law by paying Aleka $6 an hour, it's $1.25 less than the minimum wage in 2011. And then Aleka won more than $25,000 in back pay and emotional distress damages. And the jury awarded her double damages for their failure to pay her the minimum wage, which was, again, all of about, I don't remember, it was a few hundred dollars because she had only earned $211 the whole time she was there. And then the jury awarded Aleka $50,000 in punitive damages for these defendants' malicious and reckless conduct, deliberately interfering with their civil, civil rights under the New York City you know, human rights law as, in, as an undocumented woman, as a, as a female employee, period. Now, that's a lot of money that she's not getting anyway, but $75,000 for someone who earned $6 an hour and made $212 for her entire history of the company is a big verdict. Mm-hmm. But as I said, um, you know, there's virtually no way where the, the lake is at the back of the line in terms of collecting any of this money because these defendants, and again, that's the problem with not having Subway. Why should Subway, the, the international company, not have to pay this? They don't. And this couple that's not doing very well at this point has to pay the $800,000 to the to the people of the state of New York, not just to the hundreds of workers they ripped off in their Papa John's restaurants, but they have to pay this money back, and they cannot pay anything else until they pay the 800000 So, you know, good luck. One of the, one of the uh, owners is now living out of his car, so Aleka may not ever see any of this money, but still was important to her. 
to bring this claim. It was a really righteous. Like I remember when she called, it was very emotional, very upsetting, and she really hung in there through the whole thing for her day in court. Exactly. Exactly. And the fact that um, I think wasn't it at some point the, how her mother got fired too was. They offered her a job in another store to get away from Junior, and uh, if you uh, withdraw your state division complaint, we'll give you another job, and she wouldn't, and they fired her mother, something like that, right? Exactly. She was threatened, and this was captured on tape. She, they were both threatened with, by the owner of the company, withdraw your complaint. You sued us at the State Division of Human Rights. Withdraw your complaint. You can work here. Or your, you can, your mother can work here, not you. In fact, that was the jury heard that four times, kept getting that played back. <laughs> Even after the, the owner said to her, you can, if you withdraw your complaint, two complaints. One, she filed with the State Division right. for sexual harassment in general, the, again, hostile work environment, quid pro quo sexual harassment, because here's the allegations, although um, Aleka can tell us when. Is Aleka on the, on the call yet, Casey? Yeah, I'm here. Aleka Albert, welcome. Hey. So we're just, we're just talking, and um, thanks for joining us. And I just, you know, if anyone, again, I don't know if I mentioned anyone has a question for Aleka, 888-874-4888, 888-874-4888. Um, so just to just tell everybody, so you started working at the subway. First day, he comp- quote unquote compliments you on your breasts, right? right? What did he say? What did he say? He said I had nice breasts. Okay. And what did, did you respond to that? Uh, um, I kind of just walked away and tried to ignore it. And he, pres- you know, he kept she wants he wants to marry me. So wait, 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 so wait, just stop. Wait a minute. So he, then he started with he wanted to marry you. So just discuss this. First of all, he, he found out the same first day, did he not, that you were not, quote, unquote, you know, you were not legal here, right? Right, because he asked for my, um, a copy of my um, social and ID, and I told him, like I told his uncle the day before, that I didn't have any. Okay. Yet they, so let's just be clear, They his uncle, the owner, Mr., um, Emmanuel Onowagalucci hired right. you knowing that you weren't, you know, that you weren't documented. Is that correct? Right. Yes. Okay. Okay. And um, all right. So he he was he was fine with that. And uh, you. So the next day, his nephew, this person, Junior, Mr. Khalid, the uh, supervisor, who just complimented your breasts. What did? How did it come up? The conversation about your. Your your status, your your uh, alienage, your your citizenship status. He said he wanted to. Um, he needed my social, my ID to make a copy of it. And I told him, like I told your uncle the day before, I don't have any. I don't have that. He said, Well, you know, if I, do I have like a green card? I was like, No, I don't have anything. And then he just laughed and said, Don't worry about it. You know, he's gonna make me his wife. He gave him my green card. Okay, so was the first day. So I'm sorry, I interrupted you. He was going to make you his wife so that you'd have a green card. Yeah, he's going to give me my green card. Yeah. Now, I mean, he was just. So this is the first day. He's just kind of hitting on you, right? I mean, you didn't take that seriously, like he's proposing marriage to you, did you? Right. Okay. Um, but how did that make you feel anyway that day? 
I just thought he was weird. Okay. And I was a little confused right. about why would you, you know, <laughs> like you don't even know me. Why would you, you know, approach me like this? Well, because you know, but you know, even at 17, you knew you were, you were, um, you were tall. You didn't look 17, or you could have passed right for older. Um, right. And and this wasn't probably the first time that you experienced that kind of uh, uninvited, unwelcome, negative sort of male energy coming at you, right? It wasn't like the first time you knew that right. he was he was hitting on you. Except this is a workplace, right? Exactly. Okay, so this is not so, a potential future boss. So it's like. <laughs> well, the first day he's actually your current boss, right? Because he's the. Oh yeah. Right. So just just being there weren't so many over this short period of time, just tell everyone, what. so what were the next, if you remember, just like bullet points of the sexual harassment? What happened What, was, what happened next? Was it at the other place the next day? Just what were the uh, sexual Yeah, Yeah, um, the second store in Bushwick, uh, Ridgewood, on St. Nicholas Street, you know, he told me that he wanted to eat my... I don't know if I can say this on the air. Well, you can say yeah. it on the air here because because this is internet radio. What did he say? Uh, he wants, as long as you're he wants to eat my pussy. Okay. So this this was within how many days of you working there? I'm sorry? A couple of days. He's falling in love with me. He wants to eat did my he, pussy. Okay. So so within within because this was all, again, within a few days, He's falling yeah. in love with you. He wants to marry you. He wants to eat your pussy. Your your breasts are beautiful. I mean, th there's no His question. His uncle told him not to, no, not to. What did you say? His uncle told him not to mess with me, and he said he doesn't care. He's gonna open his own store so we can be together. He give me more hours. You know, he does the payroll. Okay. He give me if I work forty hours, he give me like you know fifty, fifty five. Whatever. Okay, so so this was, I'm going to use this to illustrate now. This is quid pro quo sexual harassment. Quid pro quo, which is Latin for something for something, also kind of like I'll scratch your back, you scratch mine. But what it really means here, because as I recall, and you correct me if I'm wrong based on what you're saying, um, he said to you when you were worried about the hours or signing out, he said, don't worry, I'll sign out for you. You know, I'll give you, like, I'll hook you up, right? I'll give yeah. you as many hours as you want. So you could work, because you said, I need hours, right? I need 50, 60 hours. I want to work my ass off, right? Right. And he said, I've got your back. I'll sign you out. You could work 20 hours a day, right? As long as I'll be as good to him. As long as you'll be good to him, right? Okay. Yeah. And that was, that, was what he, I mean, that was the exact quote, right? As long as you're good to him? Yeah. And what did you take that to mean? Um, something's wrong. I called my mom, and I was telling her. Right, but even at 17, when he said, if you knew, I mean, I'm, I'm asking now, if you, when he said, I'll give you all the hours you want, don't have to sign out, in fact, I'm not even letting you sign out, go home, have a good, you know, just be good to me. Did you, Honestly, I know something I felt, wrong, but yeah. I felt like this is not going to end good. Like something, something bad going to come out of this, because now he's looking at me not only as an employee, but maybe a piece of meat. And he will be expecting a little more, you know, right. than me coming to work and doing my job. He'd be probably expecting something outside of work, right. and I wasn't cool with that. Right. Well, you're you're giving him, I guess, a lot of benefit of the doubt now, even just saying it that way, because it was obvious from the minute you started, he was interested in more than just your ability to make right. a buffalo chicken sub, right? <laughs> right. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
Um, okay, so, you know, the, there's the constant sexualizing of you, objectifying you. Every time he looks at you, he's staring, right? I mean, he's staring at your breasts, right? There's nothing about it that's, like, kosher, right? He's constantly sexualizing you for these first few days, right? Right. And these are in two different stores, and sometimes you're alone with him, no? Yeah, he, most of the times, he's with me. Okay. It's very rare that I'm not with him, you know. Okay. He always feels right. like he... He needs to be in the store for whatever reason. I understand why, but right, right. But he was acting like, especially when he said, I'll, "I'm gonna, I'll open up my own store. We could be together all the time. I love you." Blah blah blah. All this blasey, blah. You know, I want any hours you want. I want to eat. I mean, Seti, I want to eat your pussy. So, I mean, he wasn't exactly, you know, this wasn't this. This wasn't right. Subtle. Um, okay, so. I, I, I take it you felt unsafe and uncomfortable right from the beginning. Did you did you tell him that? Did you communicate that to him? I tried to communicate that to Mr. Emmanuel. I told him to just, like, like chill with what's wrong with you. But at the same time, before my day off, I didn't want to be rude, you know, because I wasn't right. sure, you know, what, what exactly is going on. Of course, it's my job. You want to protect your job. But then at the same time, it's like, how can you protect yourself from this person when this is the only person here? You know, it's like nobody right. else is right. here. It's just him. So maybe I need to speak to somebody higher up and I try okay. to do that. Okay, so let's so let's take this one. So here, this your general ma- the the manager of the store. Who did you know? How I think. I think it came out in testimony that you asked each other your ages, or you asked him his age. Right? You know how old he was. No, he didn't tell me how old he was. Oh, he, he didn't. Okay. How, how old did you think he was? How old did he look? Uh, to me, he looked mid to late twenties. Okay, so he was a young guy in his twenties at this time. Was did you know whether he was married or not at that time? No, I didn't. I didn't ask okay. him. Okay, okay, but you know that there are people above him in the food chain, if you will, right? There was an o- yeah. the owners of the store, right? This this couple, Uchenna and Emmanuel, right? Mm-hmm. The. And um, so, did you did you go? Did you try to, or did you complain to either one of the owners? Well, I tried to speak to Mister Manuel, but he told me he would come back, and he never showed up. Okay. Did you text him? Did you call him again? Were yeah. you persistent? I kept calling, texting, no reply, no reply, no call back. I never like left a voicemail with anything in it because I didn't know. I was supposed to because at the end of the day, this is the owner. It's, it's a different ballgame when you deal with, you know, supervising the owner. The owner has so much more power. So it's like you don't never want to cross that line. Right. But you still want them to, you know, know what's going on. But I had to sit down and at least have them call me so I know I'm speaking right. to them. Right. Now, didn't there come a time that you spoke to Emmanuel, the owner, he was seated in one of these stores, and you told him, and he said, I'll come back. And you said, I need to t- talk to you about this. And he said, I'll come. He asked you what it was about, right? Yeah. Is I said, I said, I said, personal business. And I said, it's a little bit of both. And he said, okay, he'll come back, and, you know, he'll talk to me. He never came back. Okay. So try as you might. I know there was another incident in the other store where you texted and called him, you you texted and called him at least several times, right, to no avail. Yeah. Right? So yeah, you left, he left twisting in the wind. Why didn't yeah, you complain to... So let me ask you this. Why didn't you complain to human resources, like everybody always says you should do? 
I actually wanted them to get in contact with them to let them know that I'm trying to reach out. Well, well who are you trying? To, well, this was like a trick question, actually, because reach out to who is Human Resources? You're talking about the subway, like the big subway. Yeah, I'm speaking to Mr. Nine Woman, Mr. because I didn't even know that they had like a corporation. Like when I got there, and I said to the lady, and she looked it up. I didn't, I didn't really understand how you know certain stuff works. So they was doing business as something, but they have like a corporation, like a meet, like a main headquarters, I guess. So the lady Are you talking told me, about the big subway or just the 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 Onawagaluchis corporation? Yeah, yeah. Like when when I went to Human Resources. They, and they looked up the store. I don't know however they did it. They came up with the Yuchen store. Right. So that's like okay, the okay. home. So right. they was able that was to, just the corporate you know, name of these. I'm sorry? They was able to, you know, send a letter out to there because I didn't have a real address for Mr. Right. You know, Mary right. or Mr. Chenna. Right. So they, who sent the So Subway, the big Subway sent a letter to them? No, Human Resources. Okay, but human resources of 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 just the Onawagaluchi human resources. No. Or human. See, there, listen. Let me just say. I'll, I'll let me let me fill in the answer to this as you because I'm just being confusing. The <laughs> the sub the two subways that they own in addition to the eight Papa Johns. There is no human resources, right? No, I'm talking about the five five instances. Right, no, no, that's not human. I'm sorry, we're going to get to that. That's the that's the state division of human rights. So that's the agency okay. you were finally forced to go to to file your complaint. Yeah, that's but, where I went to but that's an outside agency. I'm just saying, most people, if you work now where you work now in a nice big company, if the same thing happened to you now in your company, there would be somebody sitting in some office called an HR person, right? Right, there's could, an HR person. Yeah. Right, but but there but there was no there there was no HR person. Um, there was no HR person for this these subways, right? No, I don't work like that because it's privately owned. So no. Well, it's privately owned by these two knuckleheads. But the point was that you couldn't. Had you called the subway in Connecticut that runs the entire North America subway enterprise of the tens of thousands of restaurants they own, would could you have called them for help? No. Right, because you didn't work for them, right? No, I worked for yeah. Okay. So when 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 you couldn't when fi- and so why don't you tell tell everybody please um, like a, when on your first you worked a bunch of days in a row I think it, you testified in court something like seven days or eight days in a row because you were working hard and dealing with junior most of the time and then you took your first day off and came into Manhattan on your day off right yeah I was in the city with a friend and. Um, he kept calling me, and I'm just like, oh, is this guy kidding me? I haven't had a day or what is this? What does he want? And I was answering. So at some point, like maybe four or five calls later, I answered. And he's like, what are you doing? I miss you. You want to come over? I want to see you. So, and I'm just on the phone, like, are you freaking kidding me? And then I just went off. Like, I was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Why are you calling me? Like, it was just, I felt like, I had no other choice. Like, it's, like, no wasn't working. You know, leave me alone wasn't working, so I just had to, I just blacked out on him. So, well, it's okay. You lost your temper, but it's, which was, again, as you explained to the jury, because on your day off, he's still calling you like, hubba hubba baby, what up, what up, right? Come over to my house. I'm waiting for you. What are you doing, right? He was, he was, yeah. he was, he was, he was, he was hitting on you and asking you to come over, right? Not, probably not to play checkers, right? Absolutely not. Okay. Something is so, wrong with that boy. 
<laughs> well, I don't know if something's wrong with him. I mean, right? There's not he. He's in a company that doesn't explain that what has no idea that what he's doing, or maybe he does, doesn't care because there's no consequences because his uncle isn't going to fire him, right? So right. he sees you, somebody he gets to play with or hit on or or even say I could maybe have sex with her. Why shouldn't I, right? If she's going to, you know, I'm her boss, maybe she'll feel obligated, right? Maybe she'll think it's a good idea for her career move. And that's the problem with it. That's what, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, quid pro quo, sexual harassment. The problem is, is that when it is a your boss who is saying, right? I mean, here was a guy who's saying, I'm 20-something, you're, you know, we're, we could be a thing. We could be an item. I think you're attractive. I mean, he wasn't doing that, and he was, this was all coercive and, and, and brutish. But the fact is, he controls your paycheck, he controls your hours, and he's subjecting you to relentless sexual comment and contents and so forth, right? Mm-hmm. So when you got angry at him and told him that, you know, enough, right, screamed at him, not your whatever you said, don't call me on my day off, I'm sick of you already, what happened the next day when you, did you get into, go into work the next day? Yeah, he took me up the schedule once, so I cut my hours in the other. Probably okay, so too, let me just stop you. Too. So the minute the minute that you reject him on your day off when you when, and it, you screamed at him and just said, like, game over, right? Blowing out your barracks bag, you're barking up the wrong tree with me, right? Once you made it that clear to him and you told him to go fuck himself, right? I mean, there was no, which, and he was your boss, but you had hit that line in the sand. The next day you came in and you say, took you off of the schedule on one of the two stores? Yeah, and cut my hours in the second store. Okay. Now, was your mom working there? Your mom's working there now, right? At this yeah, point, she's, yeah, okay. she's working. Okay. okay, so now the two of you are you're the you're the sole support, right? It's just the two of you. We're living together, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, you're both now making money working at the subway, and but they took you off the schedule. Now you're earning less. Did you try at that point to complain again to the owners? Yeah. I text okay. them and call them again and tell them nothing. Okay. So did, 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 in your frustration, or you tell us your frustration, your fear, your concern, did you feel obligated to go file a complaint somewhere other than the Subway restaurant where nobody's listening to you? Yeah. Okay. So and where did you go? You went to the New York State Division of Human Rights, right? Yes. Okay, and and how did you find this agency? Um, an old lady told me about it. Okay, okay. So you you get you told them what happened, what Junior said to you, all of it. Nice breasts. Let me eat your pussy. I want to marry you. You know, taking you off the schedule when you didn't play with him. You and you told them this. They wrote it down and they sent this complaint to them, right? To just say, okay, one of your employees says this is going on answer it right they they had to they received that complaint from the state division of human rights right right and 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 you know that they received it because you came in one day and saw a manual reading it yeah um both of them and miss miss and junior there was in the uh, atlantic avenue store and i walked in and i was getting ready to start and mr manuel came and told me that i can't work I gotta go home because of my pants. My pants is not the right pants. 
Okay, so here you walk in. This is about a week, I think eight days or a week after you filed a complaint. They mailed it to him. Him, He's reading it because, as you testified at trial, you could see that the the heading from the State Division heading was on the document he was holding up and reading, right? Yeah. And so then he comes up with this, what, what lawyers, we lawyers call pretext, is a legal word for bullshit, reason, right, why he was sending you home which had something to do with your pants being, you know, the wrong pants to wear? Right. Okay. Are these the pants you always wore to work? Oh, they weren't. Even when I had my interviews, okay. I went to the store. I was working at the store. wasn't getting that many hours. So when I went for the interview, I just came directly from work. I had my full silver uniform on, you know, and, you know, that, that tour, I, I would assume, to help me get the job because, you know, I proved that I was working at Subway, and he asked me about different sandwiches, and I was able to tell him how to make it because I worked there for so long. Right. So right. it was the same pants I had on. Okay, so obviously that was a bunch of baloney. Uh, he sent you home, and then, mm-hmm. then what happened? Tell everybody what happened. It was getting close to the end. What happened then? I called the um, human human rights, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I called them and the lady told me to come in and I told her what happened and she, you know, she said, well, you know, that's retaliation and, you know, she wanted me to fill out another form and, and everything just went from there when I sent that in. And then they received that and my mom was still working there at the time and uh, my mom texted me one day and told me that they wanted to have a meeting with me at the San Nicolas store. So I went over there, and um, I said, we're trying to miss was there. Junior was there. My mom was there. And pretty much before I could even say anything to them, I sat down and started to try to explain what was going on, and Junior just started coming at me. He told me I'm a liar, I'm ugly, nobody likes me, and I'm going to get deported. His uncle is a lawyer, and I will never get anything. I'm stupid for coming at Subway, who I think I am. So I was just like, uh, and then basically they said, you know, if I do go through with this, then his uncle's lawyer, so I get deported. And at that point, I was his, like, his uncle, the lawyer, is your is the boss, Emmanuel uh, yeah, Lucci, right? Who, by the way, was yeah. a disbarred lawyer, right? As you found out, right. right. I, I mean, at the time, I didn't know that. And my right, mom just came to me, and she kind of like calmed me down and told me just to go home and. Pull out, cause I, I mean, I didn't even expect that things to escalate like that. I didn't even get to see anything. Right. The two people right. that I was trying to talk to. And then a couple hours later, my mom I had the door open and my mom came home. And um, she told me that. They told her that because I have, you know, I'm suing them, she can't work for them unless I drop the case. Okay, so the upshot is you were both fired for mm-hmm. you pursuing, for you standing up for yourself and saying, you know what? I really don't think for six bucks an hour I need to also play sex games with my manager, right? Right. Okay, and you both lost your job. What happened um, What happened to your mom after she lost? What happened to both of you right after you lost the job? What happened? Well, let me, let me just say this. Did you lose your apartment? I guess yeah. I don't have to. This isn't a trial. Um, okay, and your mom ultimately, uh, was she able to we find another to job? We had no. to split up. Why? Because we, we had we don't have any we had no family, so it's not like we can like stay together. We had to, and nobody really is gonna take two people. And I don't know, it's kind of weird when you're in a situation 
you know, it's, 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 it's very different. Somebody talk about it, but when you're in that situation, you're actually calling somebody to stay there and nobody's, you know, trying to, it's just, it's, it's very difficult. But, um, yeah, just set up, I stayed, slept on a few couches, my mom did the same. Eventually she had to leave New York altogether. She went to North Carolina to stay with a friend. And then um, things got bad over there. Ultimately, she had to leave. So she was trying to, to survive. I mean, she was also she was not documented, right? No. So she was, you know, the you both were here. You were trying to survive. She was trying to survive, but ultimately she couldn't replace. You know, she couldn't find a job and had to go back to Trinidad. Yeah, because it's, it's different. You know, I mean, those, when you get a job like that, it's, it's hard to come by with a situation like ours. So. Right. No. Right. So when she went back, how long were you? Have you have you seen her since she went back? No. How long has that been? I haven't been? seen her in a couple of years, actually, because she went to North Carolina like two years ago, two and a half years ago, and then she, no, my three years ago, she went to North Carolina, but then she left altogether like a year and a half ago. So she okay. left from North Carolina to Trinidad, okay. so I was able to see her. At all. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, so uh, you were. This is your mom. You speak to her regularly. Yeah, every day she wakes me oh. up. Every day, every morning. Okay. Okay. So your close relationship. This has been. This has been a problem because you haven't been together right since about a year and a half, yeah. two years, right? Okay. And and you were, you know, surfing on couches for a while, and ultimately found another job in another state. Where now at twenty two. You're gainfully yeah. employed and have work authorization papers, right? Yes. Okay. And things have sort of stabilized for you. Yes. Right? Okay. Mm -hmm. So at the end of this, so here's what I want to say. Then, well, at the end of this whole ordeal, for years now it's been from, because after you went to the state division, after you were fired, after your mom was fired, ultimately you came to see us, came to see me uh, a few years ago, and we said, okay, sounds like it's up our alley, we'll help you. And we, you know, we filed this complaint in court that took us to this trial that we just had uh, a couple of months ago. Where you won seventy-five thousand dollars that you probably will never see. Um, <laughs> are, are you well? Are you still? Do you regret doing all of this? No, I don't regret it at all. And why? Why would? Why is that? Because I think that, regardless of everything that you know went wrong, I think a good came out of it because. You know, now that I actually got to see them, and it showed that they really didn't care. And it also shed light on what's really going on in some of the little businesses in New York and probably all over. A lot of times people go through stuff and they're so scared to, you know, talk out. And I had everything to lose. But I just right. didn't care because where I came from, they, you know, your upbringing, my upbringing was, you know, you have to stand up for yourself. If you don't stand up for yourself, you allow people to take advantage of you regardless of what. If you don't believe in anything, then you just go with everything. So, I mean, I know that the chances of me probably should bring them to light. I don't know. I thought I could get deported. But, you know, at least I didn't, I wasn't suckered into doing stuff that I, was, I didn't like. So I don't regret anything, and I'll do it all over again. My mom is happy. I'm happy. You know, I miss her, but... 
and even though when you came to this trial, you had to every you know you were driving from another state, you had to gas tolls, you stayed in a hotel for days. Hotels, yeah. You, you spent a lot of money actually. To, you invested in this case now, and you didn't. You probably again, you're not getting the money back. Does that make that that still you'd still do it again? Yeah. And you still yep. feel good about yourself for, for standing up for yourself and you know speaking truth to power. And taking, yep. you know, you have to, you have to. I, I feel like, honestly, I feel like in life, you have to stand up for yourself. You have to, because it's really to a point where if you don't stand up for yourself, people will really take advantage of you, and you would right. get so far down, and people taking advantage of you that the day that you decide to stand up for yourself might be too late. So, regardless right. of whatever it is, you have to stand up for yourself. Right, right. And and actually by doing it the way you did it, through your fear, and at the time without really any support, you did it in a timely way, right, because you were still working, and that's why you were able to at least have a case, is because you didn't wait until after or two years later. You did it at the time when it mattered. Um, yeah, is, is and the crazy anything? part, the crazy part about this is, and it's like, and it's like so crazy because my intentions, I really did not foresee four or five years later, I'm getting a judgment of $75,000. Like, the day I went there, my intentions was just to send them a letter, let them know right, you have an employee right. name, Aleka, she needs to speak to you. And then, you know, get it over with, maybe go to a different store, either put me on the schedule, you know, figure it out right then and there. But, you know, it didn't work so, out that way. So this wasn't about money. When you went to the state division, it was about help me because if, yeah, if I were... Yeah, I need you to said speak to, to somebody. Right, but but like you, when you said talk to the person at the state division, like when you were trying to speak to the owner, as if like if this were like if I were your daughter, or if you know you knew somebody you cared about were in this situation, like I am, where I'm getting sexualized every day by this man who is saying these obscene things to me, which is creating this so-called hostile work environment. Um, all you wanted was to be heard and to have them perhaps fix it. It wasn't like you were looking for a raise or special treatment, right? Yeah, I just wanted to, like, just take my call. Like, that's like the, even I'm sending call and I'm watching him on the scene and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm like, this is really happening. Like, it was, it didn't have to, it didn't have to be like this. If you got to just right. pay more, a little more attention to like, what's going on, right. answer your phone. Right. Like, you know? Right, right. exactly. Like, it is what it is. Well, exactly. And you know what, even so, because they still do have these businesses, they still have the eight restaurants in the city, if it stops them from doing this or from hiring someone or allowing, because Junior's gone from that place, right? Yeah. If it stops another woman from being sexually harassed because you stood up for yourself, whether you got any money or not, that's something to be proud of, right? That's something to tell your own daughter one day, isn't it? Right, yep. And lastly, like, is there anything you would tell you know anybody who might be listening to this today or at some other point who is nervous or going through the same thing that you're going through and not really knowing what to do? Is there anything that you want to say to that person to that might be um, you know supportive? What would you tell someone who was in the same situation you were in and work? I would say that you know don't be afraid, pray about it, you know, there's always somebody there to help you, regardless if it's, you know, manager, uh, owner, or five five ten sensation, which is um, State Division of Human Rights. Like, it's okay, and when you go up there, 
The people are really nice. You know, nobody's judging you. They just want to hear what's going on and you have options how to get help. Right. You know, you don't right. always have to, you never want it. I, I, you know, the beginning, I always thought in my situation, being undocumented, it was really scary for me knowing that, you know, I don't, I didn't know the law. I don't know, you know, maybe right. just come out and go to court and they find out about me and I'm, I'm gone. You right. know, so right. it's, it's okay. It's, it's like it's really okay. It's nothing wrong with saying up for yourself in, no, in any situation. And if you could do it as a 17-year-old illegal alien, yeah. so to speak, right, who was facing perhaps, you know, throw you on a ship and deport you, then somebody else who is right. a citizen should probably be very confident about standing up for her rights, herself, because... This is not, it's not right, and it's not part of whether you're making $6 an hour or $6,000 an hour. Um, it's not part of the job description, right? Exactly. It's not right. It's not fair. And somebody would listen to you. You just, you right. just got to do it. Without you doing it, nobody's going to come find you and say, are you going to do this? Do you need help? You just got to right. do it, and it's going to work out. Terrific. Well, on that note, um, Aleka, we um, again I congratulate you on, on on bringing this complaint and on you know teaching them a lesson one way or another because it will be now it'll stand forever. Certainly something that all you have to do is Google you know this particular subway and these people and you know people will know what they stand for. Um, yeah. And so thank you for being with us today and for sharing this story. I know it's you know once again not an easy thing to do. Um, yeah. And we we appreciate that. No problem, anytime. And thank you so okay. much for all you did for me. Oh, uh-huh. you're welcome. I really you're welcome. You're quite welcome, Aleka. So take care, and we have a few more minutes. We'll see if anyone wants to call in. We're going to talk about the case, and uh, I will speak to you again soon. I'll let you know what goes on in the the motion that we have pending now. You know, post verdict. Once that happens. Okay, great. Thank okay. you. You're welcome. Take care now. Bye. All right. Bye bye. So what did you think, Deborah? Well, I think anybody listening can understand um, why we took this case, and it primarily being because of Aleka herself. Like I remember when she called in, she was, you, I knew she was young, but she was very mature. She was very certain, and she was fearless Mm -hmm. to that regard. And I remember saying to you, you know, this is truly a righteous, you know, we have to help her. And even though fairly early on it, you know, we, not early on, but at whatever point it was that there wasn't going to be any financial, we were working for free, there was no possibility of even considering dropping this because she was so so compelling. She's such an example of somebody being really brave right. and not allowing fear Bravery. to in yeah right. and not allowing fear to inform her decisions. That you know she just she was really compelling and drew people to her to help her. Right, and she that's did. what happens exactly. when you do stand up. The universe has a way of sending you just what you need to make it work. And she was tenacious, like she was. 
you know, she'd call all the time and, you know, what's happening, what's happening, we got to get these people. She was just, she's, as you can hear, she's a really amazing kid. Yeah. And, you know, I never, I never fully believe it when you say that about the universe, but it does seem to happen. More often than not, you know, always when you oh, say that, but it I mean, it does, it's true, because it does happen. I know, I know, I know that, but, but I mean, it's true, when you say that, there's a part of me, there's a part of other people, you know, that might listen and sort of roll their eyes, but you know what, it's true, though, because you could call it whatever you want in universal energy, it's true that those are the people, like she just said, um, that, you know, proactive, and listen, you know, she was, she's now working um, at a large corporation with a much better job, she is, you know, she's she's making moves, and she's, you know, got, so I'm saying that that being someone like her who shows regard for herself, right? I mean, yeah. that's what it is to even when yeah. you're alone, shows regard. Come hell or high water, right? You know what's going to happen, and she might have been still in lockup and INS or waiting for her deportation, but instead it all worked out in a lot of different ways for her. That has led to her being a more mature. Um, a more uh, sort of together and experienced woman who I think now I know. And for- who knows what this experience is going to do in terms of guiding her, leading her on whatever her path may be. Right. Because we do attract into our lives those people and those circumstances we need to learn some kind of lesson, and it then informs the rest of our lives. Had she, like many people, many women do, just quit, just walked away and said, this guy is trouble, this is not worth it, and walked away, she may have carried that weight with her. She may have colored, you know, everything after this may have been colored with that kind of shame, guilt, regret, who knows but that she made that really empowering choice, she now can example for other people, model for other people, and walk with her head held really high that then attracts a different kind of person. That's right. That's true. It's uplifting just hearing you say that. I'm definitely more confident and brave. No, I mean, it's true. It's the energy, right? It's all about that. And, and, And she did... Sitting through a trial, and I, I've watched her myself since the day I met her when she was 17 until now. It's 22. Yes, she grew up, but again, part of it had to do with you know being in a position where she would alone again make these sort of very adult decisions as a litigant in a litigate. You know, in a in a, in a she litigation. was really taking care of her mother too. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. You know? Her mother couldn't. Her mother was actually a plaintiff and then couldn't be here, couldn't get back into this country to actually be at this trial. So it was just a like You're right doing it for her mother. And talking about hostile work environment, again, why we sort of brought her on today to say this case um, perfectly melds. Epitomizes. Well, it does epitomize actually the combination of both the quid pro quo sexual harassment, which is the, you know, marry me, you know, be with me, be good to me, I'll put you on the schedule, I will hook you up. There is nothing I won't give you at work if you don't take care of me. Perfect, classic model quid pro quo. The hostile work environment, which separate, but here clearly a hostile work environment based on sex or gender, as we say under the city law, 
doesn't have to be um, sexual overtures. It could be things like you know sabotaging the victim's work, using crude language, indecent uh, gestures, demeaning or inappropriate terms or epithets, commenting on physical attributes. So from day one, saying to a woman at work, especially your uh, you know the, your direct report downward. Um, you have beautiful breasts commenting on that. Even if he said, I'm just commenting on her boobs. I don't, I don't want to have sex with her. Hostile work environment, obviously. So you had quid pro quo sexual harassment, hostile work environment sexual harassment, and then you had the most similarly classic retaliation because what is retaliation? If under the civil rights laws, and by the way, this all goes for every other protected class, so it's not just sex. The, the under federal law, religion, age, disability, um, national origin, if you're in a hostile work environment because of those protected categories, severe and pervasive, meaning it's not just a stray remark that somebody says, oh, you Lithuanians, kill me, okay? You're probably not going to have a case. It has to be severe and or pervasive, meaning it's either all around, all the time, or particularly so 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 egregious that it's kind of negatively it's impairing your ability to go to and to perform your job at work, um, which obviously happened um, with Aleka. And under and religion is the other category, by the way, that you can have um, a quid pro quo harassment situation where somebody says, if you join my, you know, church or if you come with me on Sunday, things will go you know good here for you uh, on those situations. But you know, mostly. It is sex. It happens, you know, during um, issues with with gender and sex. And he and when one complains, as she did to the State Division of Human Rights, it's a no-brainer. But basically, complaining to, to even to the perpetrator, opposing an unlawful employment practice, it's called. Once you do that and make it clear that you know, hey, no, that's not how I roll here, and I'm really not interested in this type of you know this type of your your issues and your biases. Uh, and then there's backlash as a result that happens close in time to the complaint without any objective, non-discriminatory basis they could give for saying, well, you're a terrible employee and, or you stole money from us. That is illegal and known as retaliation. And that's what happened to Aleka within days of her filing with the state division. She was terminated. So how they decided that they would come into court and try to weasel their way out of that by saying that her uniform is you know, was inappropriate. And mind you, everyone, and this does happen, interestingly enough, more often than not, and this was a defendant, these, they offered her $1,500 to settle the case before the trial, and Aleka said, you know what, it's just not really about the money, although that amount of money was obviously silly, but I'd rather just take a verdict now at this point and see what happens. Um, but um, that... Um, I just lost my train of thought. Uh, you know, it's anyway, classic, classic retaliatory discharge, which is why the jury gave her, again, the equivalent of if you make $212, if you make $6 an hour and $212 as your year-to-date forever earned in this place, and you get $75,000 in damages, it's, it's many, 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 many times your, your annual pay or what you yielded. So it's certainly designed to teach the employer a lesson if the employer is solvent, which this one at this point really is not. But again, energetically speaking, Deb and everybody listening, that's why I think it still has an you know still even the fact that we could talk about this now and that it is out there and that there were jurors, eight people, eight citizens of New York that left 
and learn something, including the judge at this trial, learned something he didn't know about this area of law, <laughs> you know, it does spread. And, and perhaps it will prevent someone else from being so objectified or you know, treated badly at work in a way that is illegal work is hard enough. So, um, so just one little piece of advice there with regard to Aleka having, um, you know, doing the best she could with what she knew, how she knew it. She somehow went and filed with the New York State Division Human Rights. That's not necessarily something... Right. That's a good point. Don't do that. <laughs> okay. It was okay that Aleka did it under these circumstances, but... Um, usually, I mean, for those folks that may be listening uh, in the in the tri-state area, anyway, or in New York, the State Division of Human Rights is one agency. It, it happens to handle the state human rights law, but not the city law, not the federal law. The state law is the least powerful of all. The easy way of saying that is we recommend people not file a complaint or a charge anywhere before speaking to an attorney, right. because where right. and when you file right. your complaint can impact your future options. Yeah, exactly. So by filing in the wrong place, you could right. blow a right. really good opportunity. Yeah. And, and the State Division of Human Rights, like many, wherever you are listening to this, you have in most every state an agency that you could go to, not the EEOC, but you have your own state agency. And it's usually not a good idea to go there, at least not first, and certainly not unless you have a lawyer telling you to go there, because you lose a lot of juice because the agencies don't give you what you could arguably get even just threatening to go into court. So before you commit, as Deborah said, but to one option that you don't even know why you're going that route, where the employer's lawyer looks at it and says, eh, it's just a little kangaroo court thing. We could deal with this. It's not about a jury trial. It's not. It doesn't concern them as much generally. So I pretty much avoid the State Division of Human Rights unless there's a reason I need to go there strategically. But, yes, so as Deborah said, if you're in a situation where you're feeling discriminated against, don't just run to the United States. Call a lawyer first. Call a lawyer. And, by the way, call, you know, what you want to do. You go online. It's so easy to do these days. And you look up, first of all, the National Employment Lawyers Association in San Francisco is the organization where that us plaintiffs employment lawyers, meaning the people who only represent employees, are members of. And every state has their own affiliate for this organization, and there are lawyers like us. It doesn't take much if you Google plaintiffs, employment lawyer, workers' rights, workers' employment lawyer. You'll find a lawyer who just handles employee rights. And in your area, or even not in your area, because you can have a free phone consultation with folks like us or anybody, and you can decide, or it would be helpful to brainstorm with an attorney and find out. Where does your case fit into the whole spectrum? What kind of leverage do you have for a lawyer? Does, is a lawyer interested in, in handling your case? What should you do first, second, and third? Don't quit. And don't quit is the one thing you should do first, second, third, and fourth is right. do not quit. Because then you're throwing out... And don't give up, as the song says. Right. So on that note, and I hear the notes coming up on our song... Uh, we hope this has been somewhat engaging and informative for you, our listeners. And any questions at any time, you can visit us at first at www.womensrightsny.com. You can email me directly, Jack Tuckner, jtuckner at womensrightsny.com. Or Deborah O'Rell, D-O-R-E-L-L, D -O -R -E -L -L, at womensrightsny.com. Or you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Tumblr and all those places, womensrightsny.com. 
So please join us and join us next week at 5 p.m. on the Progressive Radio Network for another edition of the Women's Rights in the Workplace show. Until then, Jack Tuckner and Deborah Orell bidding you a strong and powerful week. Stay employed. Don't quit. <laughs>